Welcome to the My New Kings. It's Wayne here, and I'm excited to share with you our ninth episode of season one. This podcast is for Black, queer, disenfranchised Gen Zs who are passionate about showcasing Black-owned businesses and being included in challenging discussions about the status quo of modern society and generational curses. Our topic for this episode is politics. We'll be touching on things like cancel culture, LGBTQ rights, and political consciousness from a modern, practical, and historical perspective. So without further ado, I present to you our ninth episode. Okay, so welcome everyone. Uh, This is our ninth episode where we're talking about politics. Um, In here for this episode, we have um, myself, Wayne Messam. Uh, We have Devante Carter. Hi. And a guest speaker, Gregory Campbell. Yes, hi, thank you for having me. Yep, Um, no problem. So um, we're gonna get right into our conversational piece for the um, episode. Um, And we'll start off with some facts. Um, We have two facts for you guys today. And the first fact that we have is the Supreme Court's decision against the NCAA paves the way for college athletes to be paid through the court ruled only on education related benefits and not border compensation issues. In so many words, all that basically means is that athletes are college athletes are getting paid now, which is great. But it says on an educational level, what is that like? If they're like scholarships they're for school, though the court ruled only on education-related benefits and not um, broader compens- compensation issues. So that basically means um, that they get paid, but they don't get like uh, health benefits. Um. Is this for like America as a whole? Yes. Oh. That's the Supreme Court's decision. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Well, I bet the ones who graduated are upset. I mean, I think it's nice that athletes are able to get paid because, you know, being an athlete, especially in college, you have to put in a lot of time and work. And for most of those people, they probably don't even have the ability to take a job while going to school. I mean, maybe they might. I'm not really too sure exactly what schedule is like for every athlete, but um, I would guess that it would be difficult, especially considering um, some of those people definitely travel outside of their state to compete against other colleges. Hmm. Yeah, we like, I just know there's already like shady stuff all over college athlete stuff off the bat. In one of our previous episodes, we watched a video on how black football players from grade school all the way up to the NFL are already being, I mean, we could call it what it is. It's basically slavery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was I can't. I can't. that kind of just came out. <laughs> anyway, <You're right. laughs> uh, we don't have to rehash that one. Yeah, because we already exhausted that one. The um second fact for you all which is basically a general kind of uh, definition of politics. Politics loosely means the affairs of cities. 
is the set of activities that are associated with making decisions in groups and other forms of power relations among individuals, such as the distribution of resources or status. Yeah, does it fall in line with like what um what you guys feel or not feel, but what you guys kind of thought of politics? The redistribution part doesn't. I mean, I definitely agree with that because um, I think like the biggest thing of politics is that you know everyone has their own different way of governing or running things. So we have the politics there to kind of have this like civilized discussions and it. In theory, it should work to where we can at least have a nice discussion that doesn't necessarily involve uh, end with us kind of just fighting each other. But sometimes mm-hmm. it happens. As people, we can be very volatile. But that's just that's just people, right? One hundred percent. Sadly, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Especially with like people with different values coming into conflict. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the biggest things now that's like fairly recent, uh, especially with the mask mandates. I know even like what couple months earlier, there was a school district, there was a bunch of board members for it and they had a meeting talking about the importance of mask mandates. And people like that have kids that go to that go to schools in that district literally phoned some of those some of those uh people from the board threatening them. Like they would call them and say, hey, I know where you live. So I'd be careful if I were you, but it's kind of scary thinking about how if we didn't have politics, the, the alternative would be vigilantism and vigilantism. Anything goes. Oh, Wait, what is that vigilantism? Vigilantism is basically like, is it like common, anarchy? Huh? Is it like anarchist? Is that the same? Uh, I couldn't hear you that, that well, but, I, but basically vigilantism is like when a citizen kind of takes the uh takes justice into their own hands and kind of like not abides by the law for the sake of the law question mark like it's kind of like some robin hood shit (laughs) yeah like basically um but at the same time it's like is Robin Hood even good? Is Robin Hood even bad? Type type of deal because it's like if you value the same things Robin Hood does, then yeah. If you don't, then fuck. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, one of the perfect example. Um, Ahmad Aubrey. Um, basically the courts uh, decided that his three killers were racially motivated. Which we all knew, of course, but, you know, our opinion doesn't mean shit. (laughs) What actually means shit is what the courts decide. And it's actually really good that they came to that decision. Because if you know the story, um, essentially what happened was he would, Ahmaud Aubrey was basically uh, working out. He was uh, going out for a jog and these these three thugs... like for real they're thugs <laughs> like that's a thug if i see one if i've seen one right um going around with a shotgun no less pointing it at him and threatening him uh telling him to stop and claiming that he was going through a residential area that was under construction i think um, that doesn't make any sense claim he was going through residential area yes and that's they were- what they claim yeah uh, okay I, I don't know why they thought it was their duty to stop him for the police, but that was their reasoning. 
for stopping him and taking his life ultimately. So, so what yeah. was the sentence? Did it say the sentence for them? They just made that decision. As far as like a sentencing, that has yet to be determined, I think. Um, I think they did sentence him like I think like a like, um, like a great like, like a federal court, but I think it's not like a civil case. Mm. Well, I'd I'd have to check. I just knew off the top of my head that was one of the things that came out this week about the case. Um, I I have to review that. We'll check it out and leave something in the description for it. Now we'll go on to some conversational pieces. Yeah. This time it's a little bit more personal about you guys' feelings about this topic, right? So how do we feel about cancel culture? I think sometimes it's like over the top. Like if someone does something like 10 years ago, it doesn't really hold much value to call them out on it, to be honest. I'm inclined to agree. Mm -hmm. I think the worst thing about it is that it is definitely extreme in the sense that literally you do one thing and it could be 10 years ago and you could be canceled to like oblivion. Like you just don't exist anymore. There's, um, I don't know if you guys ever watched like the Flash TV show. I I, um, I don't watch it as much, I love that show, but uh, one of the actors that, I uh, forgot his name, but he plays um, Ralph Dibney, that the elongated man. And he made some very unsavory tweets in the past. Um, <laughs> So, which is kind of, you know, it's sad that you do one thing and literally your career is over and it's worse, especially if you're in a business position where you have debt to pay, you have to pay for things and now you can't even get a job. Um, there's actually like a, another like really bad scenario with that. There's, um, there's a YouTuber named Sky William Williams. You should definitely look into that story. Um, and long story short for him, he had his own little house. And there's a lot of drama that was going on. He got canceled on there too. And it's so bad to where he lost a lot of sponsorships. His therapist literally couldn't see him anymore because of all the dramas going on. Like he was like, he can't even go to therapy anymore. And the only way he's making money now is through Twitch. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Sky Williams. He's- Can you oh, drop man. that in the chat for us? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really great story. Well, not, well, not great story. It's really sad, but it's it. Cancel culture is very dangerous. Pedophilia. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. It's something that um honestly, I like like that's a situation. I don't know how I would handle it, which is kind of like strange because um me and as far as I know, the people around me kind of like set themselves in, up in a way where like anything that can potentially come back to bite them in the ass in the future they just wouldn't do you know people kind of like at least people around me kind of like stick to their guns as far as i know um and kind of like take their l's where they take their l's and like don't try to like cut corners so like just kind of being in that situation is like at least for me is like a worst nightmare (laughs) you know it's like oh my god it's like that's literally not me though. <laughs> like that's literally like, like, do you see me? I'm a, like a whole different person. So if you guys are famous, do you think that you would be canceled for something you said in the past? Like, is there anything you posted online that's like, like controversial that you would like think about first thing? To be honest, I was getting active on social media until like college. Like I had social media and I did occasional posts, but like you would, my posts are very like sparse. 
or scarce. <laughs> so like, I, I don't think anyone can catch me on that. But I will say though, um, like at least for me, my first like year or so in high school, I didn't realize sometimes certain things I would say would come across very sexist. And I definitely had to educate myself and like not and learn like what I'm saying is definitely not a good thing. So I guess in that sense, I go get canceled. Like if someone brings up, so like, oh, you said, oh, like women can't do this. Like you basically said that during gym. Like I remember one time it was like we were playing basketball and I was like, oh my god, you got beat by a girl. And the girls like literally like, what's that? What's that supposed to mean? And I'm just like, uh, and then I would like kind of like fade away, like. Yeah, I'm just like, what do you mean? And then people tell me like, Greg, it's like really sexist. So like, no, it's not. And then like, so I, yeah. Oh wait, wait, okay. I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry. Go ahead. I I I don't know if you guys remember this app called Yak, but it was that. Wait, Yak or Yik Yak? Yik Yak. Yik Yak. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember it. So I I think Yik Yak was that app where um. Where like you could meet a bunch of different people, um, but it was anonymously. It was just like yeah, it was like oh. Twitter, but really anonymous. Like Omegle, like local. No, not like. Legal. But like no video, uh, like chat. Oh, no video. Um, okay, and it's like locally, like it like locates you, like the people around you. But I remember I like I used it like frequently every now and then. I remember like I don't know how old the person was, but like. It was like, oh my god! Like the way you talk, I can see myself in you. When I was younger, I wish like I was able to be myself. When I was younger, I was like, yeah, oh my god! Like people that I have people that love me. But then I remember one day, I, I don't remember what it was, but one day I posted something, and then the person commented. I got a lot of comments. They're like, that's fucked up. I don't know what got in your mind, blah blah. And then, like the person commented, he was like, I'm so disappointed in you. I looked up to you. I was like. That's all, I don't remember what I posted. That's the sad part. I don't know what it was. I feel like it was racist or something. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish oh I could remember what it was. Well, that's cancel culture for you. Yeah. Well, thank God it was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. Watch all the people watching this in the future be like, oh, I'm gonna go find him <laughs> and I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> thank God I forgot my name one or two. I actually Isn't met somebody in our school from that. And he was uh he was okay, but he didn't add me because I said that. So yeah, um I I like I'm I'm inclined to think that like uh cancel culture is kind of counterproductive. I think it's a byproduct of our country being so used to like punishment instead of rehabilitation. But that's just my personal thoughts on it. People are so eager to punish people instead of look at the skeletons in their own closet um and mind their own business. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Like that. I'm not mad that people hold other people accountable. I feel like that's a useful skill to have in certain settings. Our next piece of conversation, this will be a, the last one before we go into our intermission, is what systems are inherently oppressive to our community? And um, that can be any community that you identify with or find yourself in because uh since we're talking about politics uh many people may not know this but it affects like you know we already read the definition for politics but it affects every aspect of our lives so um every community that you're a part of politics so um what are the systems that are inherently oppressive to our communities that could be the black community the lgbt community and different things like that what about the disabled 
community? Like able versus disabled? Um, well, are you talking about physically or mental? Physically. What about them? Like, I understand there's like parking spots and stuff like that that they can mm-hmm. use. But like, I don't know, for instance, like, you know, like theme parks, like if we go, they can't ride their rides like a roller coaster because what the fuck? Like somebody like they can't use their arms or their legs are like, I don't they're like a seatbelt, but like, you know how like the seatbelt thing comes down and their arms like can't wrap around like we do. So like, that's just like a small thought, but like stuff like that. So it's kind of sad. I, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like um, if you're disabled, then you already come with negative handicaps, right? Um, and that's why we as a society have made efforts to try to create positive handicaps for them, you know? Um, and obviously there are certain things that we aren't technologically advanced enough to achieve for disabled people, but I think we're definitely moving in the right direction by being more conscious about them. Um, a term that I've heard a lot is, um, um, in the past year is, oh, don't be ableist. Right. And it's caused me to check my privilege many times. Right. Just like hearing that and like just being aware of that word ableist. Right. It's like racist, ableist, misogynist, you know, like it's like that negative connotation to check yourself real quick. Like, hey, be grateful. You can walk. Speaking of that, um, I actually know somebody who was like who went to the gym. And I always like, I talked to them actually. And I was like, why would you come to the gym at night only? Cause I used to go only at night. Cause like, I tell him like, we were talking. I was like, I come at night because I wake up late and I don't want to go like right after I wake up at like one o'clock in the morning. He was like, oh, well, I don't want to get in people's way. And I was like kind of shocked. Like, cause he's in the wheelchair. So I guess I didn't really think about that to me. honest. like, I obviously noticed he was in a wheelchair, but I didn't think like, cause yeah. like people at night when it closes. But that doesn't um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're being oppressive. You're just being yourself. You know, you're just going when it feels right for you, you know, like going at night, for example. When I think of what could be inherently oppressive to like disabled people. Hmm. I, I'd be thinking a lot around like jobs and stuff like that, certain jobs that they just can't do um, and how jobs are already limited for them because they can't do it. I know for like one example I could think of, and it really just comes down to how schools are funded because these are still government entities and funding can be cut or funding can be reallocated towards, you know, other important things like sports. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that can affect it severely is that if you don't have the teachers that are properly trained to handle people with special needs. My, my sister currently actually teaches at a school for children with special needs, but she has a degree in psychology. Like she's trained to do that. It's not just enough to just, oh, I got an education degree. I can teach, you know, children with needs and special needs. It's a really important thing. Um, and then furthermore, just actually just being able to accommodate the student in all sorts of ways. Um, the amount of times I've read Reddit horror stories were. Hey everyone, it's Wayne. I just wanted to let everyone know that's listening that we lost some footage on this part, so more context will be provided later on.
batteries and the teacher basically refused to let him get up and grab batteries or anything. He kept trying to raise his hand, but the teacher ignored him. And she kept telling him like, okay, I need you to go onto this like computer, listen to an audio file and make a piece of music based on like the sound. And he couldn't do anything. And then she threatened to give him like detention. That's gross. So, yeah, it's, it's very gross. But I think it's sometimes, you know, um, certain people, um, if they aren't given the right tools to ed, you know, and or right time to like, you know, if they're not educated properly, you, you run into situations like that, you know? Um, and I think it's always kind of the worst thing. Cause like, it's, I, I can't always say every person that does that thing is like a complete and vile, terrible person. Some people are just genuinely terrible people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dispute that, but yeah, I uh, like uh, one thing that I will say, and this is not me like, um playing devil's advocate because mm. that person is definitely like you know that was a horrible like situation to put someone else through you know i would like you know i definitely want to like denounce and condemn that person i just also understand that like one of the things where people who are who are more prone to engage in cancel culture would do than other people where maybe someone like me would take a left where they take a right is I won't demonize that person. Right. You know, I wouldn't like try to end their life or career based off that action. I would think about solutions that would rehabilitate them. Right. I would talk to them in a way that's like, okay, there's a misunderstanding here. You know, like, um, you are, um, basically projecting on this disabled person which is shitty you know and like you're becoming like the monster that you think that they are (laughs) you know and essentially like when you do that it's kind of hard for people to see the humanity in you because you just don't understand what it's like to experience loving someone else who is disabled because if you did, there's no way you would have thought to do that. You know, like it's a battery. And if you feel like your control is threatened, like the control of your class is threatened, it's not that kid's responsibility to give it back to you. So why are you giving it to them? Why are you giving that responsibility to him? Like you run the class, not the kid. So if he needs to get up to get get the battery and stuff like that, and he's trying to communicate to you, why like why why are you so hot headed that you can't even listen to him or them? I don't know their gender. Yeah. What was? Do you guys know what happened to the teacher? Oh no, this was just like a Reddit post, but like I know like the last thing that was said on it was like, um, so like the teacher reckon, like told him to like meet with the headmaster that later that day. The, the kid told the headmaster what happened and like sided with the kid. So like he didn't get detention or anything. Um, but like ever since like the teacher would actually listen to them, I guess they, I'm assuming they learned a lesson. Had, yeah. They learned a lesson out of meeting, which I think that's like a really good thing. I'm not, I'm never really for this idea of, Oh, you did a bad thing. Punishment, punishment. I'm always, I'm always about like, there's an opportunity to educate yourself. Like take all lives matter. For example, a lot of people were for the all lives matter movement but some people don't realize how that can come across to other people when you say that. Um, so I'm always for people you know, taking the time to actually like 
do your research, look it up. What does it mean? How it could come across to people rather than just, oh, you're fired, you're done. Goodbye. Right to jail mm-hmm. right away. Like, no. For everyone that's listening, this is another part that we lost footage or audio on. So sorry about that. And uh, hopefully I won't have to do this again. We kind of uh, touched on this topic already in this episode, but essentially um, it's the story of how the jury finds Ahmad Aubrey's killers were racially motivated in chasing him. Um, and I'll just uh, share this article with you all. Um, and uh, it's from CNN basically saying that a jury has found the three white men who killed Ahmad Aubrey in 2020 guilty of all charges in their federal hate crimes trial, backing prosecutors case that the men chased the 25 year old through the streets of a Georgia neighborhood because he was black. Travis McMichael, Gregory, I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> what? I, I did do that. <laughs> Uh, Gregory McMichael and their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, were found guilty of um, interference of rights, a federal hate crime, and attempted kidnapping. The verdict comes nearly two years to the day that Aubrey was killed in a neighborhood outside of Brunswick on February 23rd, 2020. And it's months after the the three were convicted in a state court in November of murder. That's uh that brings up a great conversation of um how certain systems are inherently oppressive to our communities. The fact that the fact that people feel so entitled to put the law into their hands um in order to do that to someone, you know, that just speaks volumes as far as like how um the general public just views the black community in general. Um, another one that we have, we have another article for the LGBT community, basically touching on uh, two distinct things um, that's going on in the U.S. this week um, from Florida and Texas. And that has to do with the first in Texas. Share with you this um, article on Greg Abbott. Sorry again, Greg. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing everything now. I guess. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going, please. <laughs> yeah, Greg Abbott says some um, sex change procedures are child abuse under Texas law. Um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has officially ordered the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate families whose, tra- whose transgender children underwent certain sex change procedures. In a letter um, addressed to the Department of Family and Protective Services on February 22nd, Abbott enacted the agency to consider some of these procedures as examples of child abuse. These surgeries included sterilization, mastectomies, as well as the administration administration of certain doses of testosterone and estrogen. He also ordered that all licensed professionals, including teachers and nurses, must report any suspected gender transitioning in children to the authorities. This is an example of how um, state laws definitely affect uh, our community, the LGBT community, um, heavily to this day in 2022, you know, and you would never know unless you had some type of awareness of politics and some type of awareness of how like 
people run things uh uh like people in power run things in america at least in this day and age and moving mm -hmm. on to uh florida we have a short video uh discussing uh, a controversial bill called the don't say gay bill florida house of representatives is set to discuss and possibly vote on that wild bill the so-called don't say gay bill and now a new amendment to the bill is creating even more controversy yeah. cbs 4's brooke schaefer joins us live from miami to explain brooke good morning Hey guys, good morning. This proposed bill has strong opinions on both sides. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis supports the bill. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden has called it hateful. Bills like the don't say gay bill make this problem worse. Florida Rep Carlos G. Smith, a strong opponent to a proposed state bill getting national attention. The Parental Rights in Education Bill, also known by opponents as the Don't Say Gay Bill. These bills like this try to erase us. They try to push us back in the closet. But the censorship part of this is really disturbing. The proposal being considered says classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate. A recent amendment to the proposed bill would also require Florida teachers disclose the sexual orientation of students to their parents within six weeks. In a statement, Senate sponsor Dennis Baxley said in part, this bill will help us focus on the priority that our students belong to families. He wrote, parents should decide what is age-appropriate content for their children. The proposal has sparked protests across Florida. Opponents fear if passed, it would limit the discussion of many LGBTQ issues between students and teachers. It's just mind boggling that we're in 2022 and we're still fighting for these rights uh, for us to be heard. If Florida lawmakers decide to pass this bill, it would go into effect on July 1st. I'm live in Miami, Brooke Schaefer, CBS4, this morning. Yeah, and that's in our own backyard. <laughs> yeah, I think the worst thing about it that the big like the the, the worst thing about it is because you know the fact that teachers are not required to disclose that it doesn't just affect the teachers and the relationships with the students, but any student organization on campus is now technically affected because those organizations, those clubs on campus are usually monitored by a teacher. So anyone within the Gay Straight Alliance Club, for example, if you go. Well, so, but I don't think anyone's going to want to go to that anymore because if they're if they're in a household where their parents would literally flip and probably throw them out just for being gay or, or bi or trans or anything like that, that, you know, simply put it, it's just not possible. To, it's not viable to even have these clubs anymore. Or if you were, it's something the kids would have to do outside of school or the teachers would have to then risk their job just for their the kids well-being. Right. And it's kind of reminiscent of some of the things that's been that like certain events that already happened in Florida, like the Pulse, um, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think of that because I'm I'm thinking of a safe place for a community of people being threatened for a reason 
that is purely out of um, entitlement, to say the least. You know, um, I like one of the things that pisses me off about that video. I know for the people who are listening, you probably couldn't see it, but as they were giving that um, that statement of the Republican who uh, who uh, was writing the bill, basically saying that kids belong to parents and are not wards of the state, um, you just see this old ass like white guy balding head um and just kind of like <laughs> you like you just you just see how un like not in touch with like kids um he is he's just like oh kids are something that you just own and things like that and i'm not saying that like you know kids shouldn't have a certain guardian or anything like that i'm just saying that kids are also people they're just inexperienced than smaller people if you really think about it they have their own minds they have their own thoughts they have their own feelings and beliefs and things like that and to um take full ownership of their mind and body and what they can um um and what they're like allowed to do when they find safety and comfort in it and it doesn't affect anyone else in any sort of type of way kind of just puts into perspective what kind of priorities you actually have for these kids. And in my opinion, it's indoctrination. Mm. But yeah. So sorry to leave it on uh, <laughs> that sour note, but um, we're, going sour. To, <laughs> we're going to um, take a pause here and uh, go into our intermission. Hey, my new King Royalty, make sure you engage with us on social media and check out our questions for our episodes and share your thoughts on episodes like this so we can bring you some of our best content. Before we get into our community questions for the episode, try your best to guess the correct answer to these questions about our episode on politics. Who is Russia's president currently in 2022? Who is the first black woman vice president? Everyone knows the first president of the United States is George Washington, but do they know the years he was president for? Check your answers at the end of the episode to see if you guessed right. And now back to our episode where we answer some questions from our community about the topic. <laughs> All right. So welcome back, everyone. Um we're back here and we're going to be continuing on with our episode on politics. So um, our first question for this section is, are kids becoming more politically engaged? What's your perspective on that? I would say so. And I think the biggest thing is media, you know, because at least for me, even in the early 2000s, like I was pretty well shielded from politics simply because, you know, I didn't have a phone. I didn't get a phone until like 2012, 2013. And even then when I was on the internet, I didn't think about looking up anything. My thoughts were, I'm going to play Wizard 101. And then um, what was that YouTube channel that I love watching? But yeah, any shout out to Fire Wizard so because, you know, Come on, fire is amazing. But anyway, put aside though, that was just kind of you know, what it was for me. But I think nowadays, I think just because of how volatile people can be 
especially how things kind of show up online, yeah. all different kinds of things, racism, homophobic remarks, police brutality, all sorts of kinds of things. Even I think just the 2016 election alone brought a lot of closeted racists. So I think nowadays, like you can't really escape it anymore. So as a kid, that's just a normal thing, um, which is sad. You know, I always think about this video. I don't cry. And I cried watching this video. And there's these kids, they're like maybe 10 or 11. They're so afraid of police officers now to where they were just playing basketball and they shot what happened with George Floyd and everything. A police cruiser was just passing by during the patrol and they were so scared. They dropped their ball and ran behind their mom's car and hid. So simply put it, kids don't have a choice. Like you're just, politics is just going right into it. Right. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um. So, so many, it, it's definitely not common. It's definitely common for people to definitely associate the police as just the official gang that's working with the government, essentially, you know? Um, and you can even see it as how, like, um, if you really look into the law, you can really see that, like, police officers are their own separate organization that just has laws backing them up, you know? When you call 911, you're actually calling AT&T, you know? And AT&T dispatches you with, like, uh, fire department, the police officers, all of these different, like, entities but you would think that 911 is like like that that like you're actually calling the police and things like that like this is just to put into perspective actually like where the police stand and they're not this godly form they're not this all, all ultimate power they're not um they aren't the government you know they are the government in like on paper like sort of on paper in a certain type of way um but like they're really not you know the military is the government and I feel like the distinction has to be made clear because um, so many things are taking place on the police's side that kind of just goes under the radar in legislation, such as like no knock warrants or like a police getting away with killing um, unarmed citizens, but then proceeding to like sue the family for the backlash that they got because of it. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that are all like baked into the law and it's done because they're the government and the police are kind of like have the same people in it, you know, and like that foundation is so strong and honestly is no, no surprise because of our country and things like that. But when you think about the trickle down effect of things like that, that cause that obviously causes so much frustration that the only way that people are really getting exposed to that frustration is through media, you know, and um, why that makes um, perfect sense as far as how kids can become more like socially aware and things like that. They know how to access information way quicker than we do, you know, and um, because of that and plus the influence that their TV shows, whatever they're watching and like whatever they're playing games on, they're all based off of politics as well. You know, and they just repeat the same patterns that keep going on and like they're low key, like educating our kids on things that actual events that actually happen, you know, because, you know, art takes its inspiration from actual life, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Anything you want to say on that, Tay? Honestly, no. All right. <laughs> then we'll move on to our next question. How important is a conversation about national economics to you? Are you talking about money wise? Yes. 
like where the government allocates money for the country. I think it's important because we realize how much money is going to the military. I was going to say the same thing Tay. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because also like every anything that we buy is always taxes. So I think it's nice to kind of know like, hey, where does our money go? You know, rather than just like, oh, we, it goes to the it goes to the government. It's like, well, yeah, you're the government. Where does it go? Like, <laughs> you get the money. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, um, I'm like, and it's not like all of the money is going to the military either. There are so many social programs that that the government provides and things like that that are extremely underrepresented. Um, that deserve like more recognition because those are some of the things that help people out of poverty. Those are some of the things that help um, help build communities um, in our own backyard that are just underutilized and things like that. Um, uh, programs that give grants to scholarships, things give grants and scholarships, I'm sorry. And like that, like all those different th types of things, like our tax dollars pay for that as well. But um, definitely a small amount of it uh, goes into those kinds of things in comparison to things like the military or the police and things like that. So um, I think a priority check is definitely due for um, conversation as in regards to the actual leaders of the world. And, and when I say actual leaders, I'm saying the p actual people um, of the country because, you know, the government is just a couple of people, you know, and if we re get really specific, it's a bunch of old white people in a conference room who've never even interacted with the common people these days in the past 40 years. If we're really going to talk about allocating money and things like that, they need like we need to get these dinosaurs who think about like on the macro level all the time and think about, oh, what's happening in Ukraine with the world with war and stuff like that, da, 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 trying to like stop or keep um, provoking a World War Three situation. Speaking of um, Russian, do you guys know how to say well, you said dinosaur? Do you know how to say dinosaur Russian? Are you saying say it? Oh, you want me to? Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's Dinozavriki. Demons and Diki? Dinozavriki. 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 Sounds kind of hot, not going to lie. But... Well, we it's need to hot. get the Dinozavrikis out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you said it sounds hot? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It does kind of flow. Yeah, off I don't the know. Tongue. It has a like a like a like a flow. Yeah, it like, flows ooh. off the tongue a bit. Like, I feel like it's like, someone's like it's someone from behind, you know, and like and it's like, oh, that's, like, you think the Russian language is hot? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Russian's hot. Um, not like as a whole. I mean, yeah, like, me just, like, I mean, like the language sounds very yeah. That that specific nice. word for like me, the, yeah. the word sounds like I don't know. Like that's like suave. It's only yeah. It's, that's the word. That's it. Suave. It sounds suave. Yeah. Okay. So, all right with that said we'll move on to our next um question do you think that there will be a solution for racial profiling not anytime soon mm, why not because you know how many years it's been like 400 years and how much progress has been made there's been progress at least we're talking about racial profiling instead of um you know, discrimination. KKK members killing us on the streets for sport. 
Mm-hmm. I'm saying the trial that thing that just happened with uh with uh Maude Aubrey. Yeah. Racial profiling. Yeah. I like yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's hard to think about because it's like that can be any one of us. Yeah. It's one thing that I've always been told is that I feel like as a country we do get better, but I think the things it's just not fast enough. And I think that's one of the biggest things that like there's a lot of things that have been made to kind of help make things better, but it doesn't necessarily in the grand scheme of things seem hey everyone another piece of audio lost i'm sorry for greg for giving such an excellent explanation on this but yeah he will be just moving on from this point matter of just well being aware of the laws for starters and also just people that try to exploit the system to get past those laws um, one thing to think about, for example, um, Brian Flores, I think his name, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar with the situation with that, but uh, I think it was a New York Giants he was interviewing for. But they have texts that they've already decided who they were going to pick before mm-hmm. they interviewed any minority uh, right. candidates. Which and is it was, in, to even go further on that, it was a formality to even give him an interview um because right. he was black and it was covered under the law that he was due a interview um yeah very i think that's something that like uh, you know i'm someone that believes in balance in all things and i feel like once something tips in, on one scale on one side its converse effect will be imminent you know what i'm saying so like how that relates to racial profiling on the other side of that coin i also see a lot of uh, perfect example this morning i saw a message or announcement on discord for one of my communities that was basically talking about for seattle indies um and they were basically talking about how this law was passed in texas about trans people and um their immediate reaction was like oh um well like if you want to if even though we're in seattle we we stand by our trans brothers and si- brothers and sisters and um people so uh, if they want uh so if you want to help out if you feel petrified because of this law if you feel like things are hopeless and you want some way to like help this is how you can help donate to these organizations and stuff like that i all i see converse like conversations like that all the time now and uh like granted they're like online and in more progressive circles and things like that people who actually like don't like sitting around and like watching the government do what it pleases but like you know actually makes moves to actually like change the communities that they're a part of um whether that's monetarily or whether that's like by throwing certain types of events all types of ways so yeah definitely i see both sides of what's happening you know people seeking out other um people of color for positions because um you know because we're underrepresented you know and people like people are sick of that now black people are like people of color are actually making their own spaces and now they like people are starting to see the value in like having them instead of like supporting them like um what some people are doing who aren't as enlightened are trying to like bring them in more by like telling them oh like we're bring- we're trying to get more like people who are who don't have as many opportunities and things like that so yeah um i see both sides of that racial profiling thing and i see like the balance kind of like 
shifting to a certain direction you know it's like a definitely a flow of things so yeah i don't know if racial profiling will uh, is something that even should be like forgotten i'm not trying to go back to this place where we're not seeing not seeing color um like we're black we went through certain shit and like honestly that's it you know that's like that's it and that should be like the baseline you know you've already made it a thing so like and now history's involved you know so like you can't even say that anyway i'll go on a whole rant about it <laughs> let's move on to our next question on a well i'll combine these two questions for time purposes um on a micro and a macro level how conscious should people be on a baseline baseline like just baseline politics yes um i think you should be 100 aware on all aspects you know um i forgot who it is i think it's like one of the first congresswoman congresswoman like trans strong congresswoman but like one of the things that she says and i like this quote and she says you can say all you want but you don't care about politics but whether you like it or not politics will care about you so it's important that you are aware of what's happening because laws and bills can be passed all the time especially municipal elections you need to pay attention to those although it's like like i only vote every four years i'm like stop like actually look at when you have these elections going on because the local governments are controlling you locally because that's the local government you should right. actually try to be aware of what's going on so it's really important yeah and i'm glad you said that because like 100 that's exactly what's happening and you might be caught up in your own life and your own career and whatever you're doing to just make it by but at the end of the at the end of the day your life is being affected you're like some of the hardships that you are going through is because of the system that you choose not to participate in that's participating on you <laughs> all over i think you're just important to what's going on around you mm-hmm. yeah also just a side note for those that aren't really too sure if they should vote on municipal elections sometimes you have special elections for you know district senates and court people and stuff like that so you know for example if the the don't say gay bill piss you off and you sat there and said why is the senate voting for this well guess what municipal elections you can vote the right people in to avoid situations like that from happening right right exactly it goes into just understanding what you want for yourself and others um on a political um um on a political level because whether you like it or not there's going to be someone who uh, on the other side who is voting against your interests for malicious reasons um that they themselves just haven't worked out is not to their benefit yet and they can't see it because they're just not exposed to that yet so that's just that that's um that's all of our questions for this episode um we have a video to watch and we're watching it on um uh, Hassan Piker. Uh, Hassan Piker is a political com- uh, commentator, and essentially, what this what this video uh, is kind of covering is basically just things that he kind of says are just purely based uh, perspectives on like the reality of the world that we kind of live in. This is him reacting to a Jubilee video.
That Jubilee vid is mildly infuriating and may produce a jewel car moment. Oh no. This is gonna break you? Oh no. As a real estate guy, I can make millions of dollars and use the exact same tax loopholes that a Donald Trump would use exactly. and pay effectively no tax. And does that make me a bad guy or did I just study? Yes, it just makes you a bad guy, makes the system bad. It makes everything bad automatically, dude. It's like the moment that you're like, oh, I love being a landlord. It's the greatest thing. I'm like, nope, not a good person. Sorry. I tell this to my friends who want to become landlords. I'm like, don't do it. It's terrible. Step forward if you agree. Being poor is a choice. I do not want to be disingenuous. No! Are you f Okay, dude. No, 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 no. This video will cause me to get banned. Oh my God. Oh my God. I will blow. I will blow up. I will explode. I will spontaneously combust. First question, being poor is a choice. What the f kind of take is this, dude? Are you a teacher in Oklahoma that literally has to scrounge up as many little dollars as you can on the side to make sure that you buy your own school supplies because the state hasn't raised your income in like two generations and you have to actually find yourself doing uber rides at night in an effort to make sure that your kids aren't eating top ramen every night well guess what you're poor because it's your choice to be poor why don't you choose to be rich why don't you choose to just not be poor what a stupid person you are you poor bitch go on indeed.com and push the indeed slider to a fucking teaching profession that actually pays you a living wage let's not even consider the fucking reality that the budget shortfall is straight up baked into your existence okay that like childcare, uh car payments and all this other shit makes living as a poor person incredibly fucking expensive but fuck that, dude. Hey, it's just a mindset, dog. Why don't you get the fucking alpha brain rich person mindset? All of a sudden, you'll be rich, dude. Yeah, totally. Great fucking take. One of them is a poor person, too. Maybe that person is poor by design, okay? By choice. Because they were too fucking stupid and literally thinks being poor is a choice. I feel like it's 2021 and there's a lot of free resources. I mean, Facebook has a lot of free courses. Oh, I dude, MLM. MLM. That's the MLM Andy. Straight up. That's a that's a fucking Avalon Herbalife uh Andy right here. Straight the fuck up. No, I don't mean Marxist Leninist Maoists, by the way. But that 100 percent is a Herbalife uh lady. It's also a mindset. Most people in general don't choose to be poor, but since I've been here specifically in LA, a lot of people outside they don't want to come into the shelter because they'd rather be in the tents. I mean, I grew up poor, okay. so I have been on both sides of the coin okay. and mm -hmm. I can reflect and look back on some of the lifestyle choices that I was yeah. making, some of the people that I was hanging around. So yeah. I don't think that people can initially control if they're born into poverty, right. but I think that there is a certain level of control that comes along with being able to yeah. have that determination and that resilience. Yeah, dude, being poor is a mindset. Also, people choose not to be inside of homeless shelters. They choose to fucking literally live in tents and eat trash instead. But I will not examine what kind of systemic failures that represents and instead just say, oh, you're choosing to fucking live in a tent and eat shit and trash. Let's not examine the, the systemic problems that that fucking presents in and of itself. We need to realize that these people are on the street not because of their own choosing. Because this is kind of funny. David, poor. <laughs> They're like, broke boy. David, broke boy. <laughs> Some people don't even want to be rich. Like, I don't want to be rich. Like, but I also don't want to be poor. I'm happy in the middle. 
and I would want to live in society where they could perpetuate people to let them. I respect this dude. This guy's awesome. This fucking dude is dope. I, I totally understand. He's right. It's like, you don't want to be rich. You don't want to be poor. The most important fucking thing for me specifically as well as people like this is the, the fact that you want to be comfortable. You want freedom. I care about being able to continue doing what I do no matter what. I care about the freedom that I have because of this community from sponsorships that I don't need to take. I care about not being able, not having to stop myself, not having to uh, censor myself, having all complete editorial freedom with the knowledge that I can fucking go around, say whatever the fuck I want, even if it is against uh, people in powerful places, people in positions of power, or even when it's like completely against the common attitude that the overwhelming majority holds on to, like it's a fucking fact of life. I would not be able to do that if I did not have the financial independence and security by having a community like this offers. Yeah, like the fucking Crackergate saga. Yes, like the like using the term Billionaires should not exist. I don't see how anyone could ever spend a billion dollars. It's not a necessity to have that much money. And I feel like there is a certain cap in which you can completely survive and thrive with this amount of money. And then if you surpass that, you're just hoarding. And then we've seen what people with billions of dollars are doing with their money. They're going to space for fun. Like right. clearly. Bro, the existence of billionaires is an indication that there is a systemic failure, just like every single homeless person is in the exact same way, an indication of systemic failures, a policy failure. The level of wealth hoarding that these people engage in is absolutely unimaginably psychotic. It is insane. When you look at a lot of billionaires who have gotten that way because of the just incredible amount of value they've given to society. I won't even talk about a huge crazy billionaire. I'll talk about Jay-Z, who's a billionaire. He made amazing music. That's how he became a billionaire. Dog, what about you? You're literally a fucking landlord. Also, Jay-Z didn't become a billionaire because he fucking made music. He became a billionaire because he owns a fuckload of brands and shit. I completely disagree. I feel like that is the government's job. And Jay-Z, like you said, Jay-Z made his money from music. That's his labor. He's a musician. He's selling his talent. But then when he invested in alcohol, then he's using other people who are harvesting the wheat, the agave. They're breaking their back. They're using their labor. So do you think that you shouldn't invest in those people? I'm what, saying. what about the jobs? Like, what do you mean? They're having jobs. Yeah, but how much are they getting paid for the jobs? Are those jobs in the third world where they're getting paid pennies? Yeah, and then Jay-Z no makes job. millions off their labor. How many people? This dude's awesome and he's right. And anyone who fucking cries about it, juicer or not, is literally fucking a dumbass. His worldview is more aligned with your own personal interests, whether you recognize it or not. Some of your daddies and mommies might be like fucking uh, an owner of like a fucking, I don't know, used car dealership or some shit. But ultimately, most of you straight the fuck up are going to benefit from more people believing this exact same thing and advocating for this exact same idea. Such a brain dead argument. Well, at least my slaves are fed. If I wasn't there, they would starve. Yeah, 100%. It's the same exact argument. It's not just the money that's the issue, it's the power they hold over everyone else. They will inevitably tilt the scales towards them. I don't really give a shit about some jackass buying a yacht. Yeah, I am a hedonist. I don't personally give a fuck about people buying dumb shit. Or my entertainment largely revolves around streaming for 
eight hours to people that I may never actually meet. That's how I entertain myself, but I personally understand how some people like to fucking consume commodities. I like to consume commodities every now and then as well, and sometimes even do drugs or alcohol. So there's that. I get that reality. I don't give a shit about that. It is more so the wealth hoarding, creating a system that is completely unbalanced, that uh, perpetuates that same cycle of uh, structural violence in the form of poverty. That's the issue. People who make a billion dollars get a fraction of the value they create. Everybody here who has a business understands that. Even Jay-Z only gets 15 cents a record he sells. That's so, because he got exploited by the record label who's using his label no, the, to make money. The same you thing keep using this word exploiting like you understand the record business of which I am in. Record labels back hundreds of artists. Do you know how many go busto? Yeah. Okay, they're taking risk. In oh my God. This dude is not going to say the record industry is not like... First of all, there's exploitation in the Marxist sense, which is the extreme... Record labels are fucking famous for doing. You got slavery and then you got record label 360 deals straight the fuck up not it's not even a joke it's like the most contemporary example of of exploitation that everyone agrees on even capitalists like most capitals will look to what record labels do and they're like well that's fucked up bro i mean i wouldn't go that far and this motherfucker is defending that shit it is the most predatory fucking industry dude i have a song with almost 10 million plays i own less than 10 percent record labels are dog shit the tapes paying the engineers, marketing, et cetera. They're exploiting them. They're taking on a bet. Yeah, dude, they're taking on a bet. Meanwhile, the guy who like actually fucking produced the music by, while living out of his car, that guy, what was he doing? He was in the lap of luxury, right? Dumbass. That guy's taking the real fucking bet. And most importantly, fuck the bet. That guy is literally putting his life on the line and also making the material. So suck my dick. What kind of bets would you take if there was no fucking artist to sign? on a fucking insane 360 deal, okay? None. You would be taking no bets because you'd be... What, just because they're taking a fucking bet? Some people make $10, give him 10, uh, give him 50% of the $10. Some people make a million dollars, give him 50% of a million dollars. Why is it like predatory uh, lending? Uh, the, the way that like record labels have to survive. There is not a single fucking musician that'll be like, oh yeah, I love record labels. Actually, they're great. I've never met a single fucking musician that's like record labels are tight. Maybe indie record labels that are owned by other musicians. But beyond that, most of them get acquired by the three big ones anyway and become dog shit regardless and even indie record labels are fucking bad usually i actually want to ask a question yeah. of how you define exploited and why you're saying that i'm using exploited in the marxian term where your labor creates value and then your employer i love this dude this dude is fucking based he's awesome value and distributes it unevenly to themselves and then leaves the rest for the workers that's exploitation hmm Yo, so that was Hassan Piker. He's some, um, one of the political commentators that I personally listen to just because his um, political views and worldview definitely does fall in line with um, some of the things that I believe in for my, um, myself and um, I feel as though is um, 
uh, right for society, but I'm just me. He provides his own facts and he provides his own uh, research and data for everything. Um, so like what I encourage people to kind of do is like find that person for you, you know, and make sure that like that person is spitting the truth that um, falls in line with your worldview. Um, um, Hassan Piker and the Young Turks is just one, just some of the few that I just watch on YouTube and stuff like that. Some people watch CNN and MSNBC and different things like that. But I personally don't trust the news as far as like the way that they put the news and the way that they're um, and the information that they choose to reveal to people um, compared to some people who are like independently funded, like um, like Hassan, who actually just gets funded for his knowledge, his research and all, everything that he just like knows and um, uh, you know, tries to put into perspective for people who may not understand the political lingo that, um, you know, can be so confusing and deter people from actually trying to educate themselves on things like politics. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about the video? It's um, true. Mm -hmm. yep. Even before that video, I always knew that they were predatory, but not in that sense, in the sense of, um, you know, finding artists and giving them, giving the artists like a, um, like producing a fair share. What? Their fair share, right? Yeah. I mean, like producing like their music and stuff, like how much they get out. Right. Sometimes they have to owe it back to the, to the music industry, not music industry. The, the record, record labels. labels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, that's something that didn't really sit right with me as well. Um, I went to school for music um, and like, you know, I've been working under my school's record label when I was there um, and they were strictly for like educational purposes, not strictly, but like they were mainly for educational purposes and gave me the experience of like working in a record label and what's kind of expected in that kind of environment when you're working in the studio and things like that. And it definitely is more in the favor of the studio as a whole, rather than like the artists themselves. Um, so yeah, I totally get that. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, the one thing, the two things I think I want to point out is I think the importance of like educating yourself. You know, I think having shows like this where you can learn about different things, I think it's really important. Um, for me, the only reason why I was aware about like this, how predatory um, record labels can be, I watch a lot of like movies and like biographies and stuff like that, like autobiography, like videos, stuff like that. And I one I watched, I watched, I watched two, the one on TLC and the one on New Edition. And they got cheated out so much money. You know, record labels are very dangerous and you really need to, um, if if you want to go into the music industry, you really need to know what you're getting yourself into when signing up for a record label. It's, it's, it's very dangerous like that. Um, but the other thing that I want to point out, um, not even just from a, like the music aspect, but how important it is for people to understand that there are still people in this country that are very ignorant that don't necessarily understand things. Like the lady that said, oh yeah, being poor is a choice, which I mean, I'm still typing mother load to this day on my keyboard to get free money. That's not happening. So I'm still waiting for that to happen. I'm but dead. I think the point is that people need to understand that, you know, we live in a society where people practically uh, like live under a rock and they really don't understand. And it's because of their upbringing where they're around people that they surround themselves with. And some people aren't that fortunate, financially speaking, or 
socially speaking, or in any kind of sense. So, you know, it's important that, you know, every person you meet off across the street, don't assume that they're just the most educated person you meet, but also don't assume that they're like, don't have any intelligence in the slightest. But I right, think yeah. just, you know, it's, it's always important to consider other people, like, you know, where their upbringing is. And then if it's an opportunity to educate them, if you feel up for it, go for it, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like my rule of thumb always when it comes to engaging with people is that everyone has their own specific piece of the puzzle as far as like a worldview goes, because, you know, like I can have my worldview, but like if you bring me new information, um, it's uh, it's not that what you're saying is not true. Um, If you're telling the truth, Uh, it's more about like whose worldview is like, um, more inclusive to others because the thing is all of them exist uh, in the same plane it's just about which one is more macro level than um, compared to each other so yeah um, so with that being said that concludes our questions portion of our episode um, now we're moving on to our call to actions and our first call to action is understand your political standing so like um everyone uh no matter where you are you're affected by politics and um in your own way you can view politics on a micro level to a macro level you know all the way down to you as a person all the way up to like your country or even the world or even this solar system if we make it that far (laughs) um and the thing about it is just that um you know having that sort of consciousness is really important as for um in order to understand your own political standing so you can actually do something and learn the systems that keep you oppressed and doing something about them to change doing something about changing them you know um yeah um for example like i know that i don't keep up that much with my um my local politics going on in my um in my city personally because uh like being straight up my dad is the mayor of my city and i already know that he he and i kind of have similar political um views so i kind of try my best to like um understand more about macro politics and macro and national um national politics in that regard because um i understand that everything that's going on locally my dad kind of pretty much has covered um and i don't really have to like look too deep into it considering that my reach would be like on a different scale than his not like better or worse just different um yeah um, how about you guys anything to say on that part uh, understanding your political standing I know that. sorry y'all this is another cut that we had during editing that we just lost some audio on and hopefully this would be the last maybe not maybe it is but um this is where tay talks about the green party um and his allegiance to it now this is like i don't know because i just got tongue-tied but it's not it's like it's not between um I told you guys, it's definitely into a Green Party, but I'm not saying that I hate Republican or uh, Democratic either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate either. 100%. Uh, the Green Party is de- like it's a valid party because, you know, a lot more people these days are like, you know, thinking more on, along the lines of policy rather than like parties or people. 
So 100 percent. Um, and understanding your political standing doesn't even have to involve just like a party system either. It can just like involve, like Tay said, like policies and things like that. Just things that you for sure are in agreement with. Yeah. You you want to say something, Greg? Uh, yeah, actually, there's one thing I will say is pretty good. There's a this thing called the Nolan chart. And this chart, it's a grid line that tells you where you would identify on the political grid spectrum you know it's separate you know you have um i think it's a conservative on the right liberal on the left and then you also have um libertarian and then totalitarian as well so you take the they give you a questionnaire it's pretty extensive it makes you really it makes you think about what you want to um do or like, like or at least how you view the government and how you you know you should be run and it'll actually tell you where you belong on that grid line and um it also will well it hasn't been updated in a long time and last time it was updated i think it was a 2012 election so it'll put down candidates that were running and it'll see which one you're closer to and it's definitely a really great thing if you ever look it up it's like i think it's just the nolan chart the nolan test. chart test yeah it's really nice you should definitely take a look at that if you're not too sure where you identify and then as tay said um just educating yourself and learning about different policies so like i said for me i'm a I'm a uh, I'm a no party affiliate. I'm not affiliated with any party just because I feel like it, for me I feel it'd be unfair to say because I know I'm not. I don't affiliate with that. Like I'm not close to either one um, enough to where it's like I could be one. And if I were in that, I'd be kind of I feel like I'd be cheating by kind of manipulating primary elections in that way. And I don't really want to do that. I feel like it's unfair. But um, just being aware of other political candidates' policies, um, just about any candidate you could think of probably has a website with policies like JoeBiden.com, even old ones, Mitt Romney, George W. Bush. Yeah, for sure. I like um, where I, and like same. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, uh, my political standing is kind of wishy-washy, like, uh, I not wishy-washy, like, it's, it's been pretty clear all throughout my life, low-key, um, but um, what you call it, I definitely um, un- came, I'm still on my journey uh, as far as, like, how I vote um, in regards to parties, because um, at first I was independent, like, in high school when I um was like trying to decide and i was already exposed to like the positives and negatives of both parties of republican and democrat and independent and i was like you know what i'll just stay independent and things like that but then here comes 2020 uh, 2016 where donald trump was like uh, running and i was like damn i can't even like vote in the primaries for democrat because like I registered for independent and I was like, well, I wanted to follow this person because they fall in line with like more than all the other candidates that like I actually like was looking to support and I couldn't vote for them. So I was like, okay, well, like I see now how the voting system works. Two party systems suck. Just like in my personal opinion um and you know like um i'm thinking that from where i'm at right now um in what is this year 2022 in 2022 let it be known that wayne pretty much like kind of um is sticking with the democrats until like um until he sees a candidate in a different party that like fully aligns with the values that the progressives are kind of um going for because they're the ones like pushing the democrats to actually like pass those green policies 
um, and save the planet. But moving on to our next call to action, uh, create a political footprint where you are at. And I love that word, um, create a political footprint where you are at. And you can do this by attending protests for causes you believe in and financially backing organizations who help the disenfranchised. And also voting in national elections, statewide elections, and local elections. Anything to say on those call to actions at all? Um, and one thing I will add is just, you know, talk to those government officials. Because every um, government entity has a website, has an email. You can email and talk to people. I've even, the amount of times I've reached out to even like Governor DeSantis, for example, um, you know, uh, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, not that I feel like he's going to sit there and be like, I'm going to send a nice long, lengthy message. We'll have coffee, Greg. We'll meet up and we'll talk. Like, probably not. Um, but, you know, I think it's nice to actually reach out to someone because you'll never know sometimes they will reach back to you sometimes you know you never know if they actually read it they probably will whether or not they respond to you is you know up in the air but i think it's good to have that dialogue with those candidates especially if you have a candidate is in office currently you want them to be doing the right thing or passing the right policies hearing from the people that actually reside within that area is actually good for a mm -hmm. candidate because sometimes candidates will be in there like well this is what i want to do but then you know, unless if they talk to people that actually live there, they're not going to know what Joe from across the street know wants or, you know. Right. So, yeah. 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 I think it's sometimes I think um, that's probably one of the big issues that we have with politics that not everyone knows what everyone wants. We, we kind of assume it. And that's can be a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes our um, show for tonight. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Greg, for uh, coming in um, and talking about politics with us. Uh, I'm sorry for those of you who miss Wayne. He's currently sick right now. Um, he ate something bad. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, uh, he'll be back soon. And um, we thank you all for uh, listening in on this conversation. We know it's not the most popular topic, but it's definitely a necessary topic. And um, if you want to learn more about Greg, he has his own podcast called Gabin with Greg. <laughs> yeah, you can check him out on uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Anchor um, and YouTube. Um, he's got some good content out um, all over the place. So definitely check him out. And yeah, um, great having you here again, Greg. Um, yeah. And that with with all that being said, is there anything left you guys want to say to our audience? Please keep a lookout for like, because I was thinking about this. Okay, so I have no idea. Wait, we just we just um we just had our election last year. So I was thinking about like keeping a lookout for the next runner-ups for president because I know that Biden is not gonna get reelected. <laughs> I know he's not. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I wanna echo that for sure. And um adding on top of that, if anyone um adding on top of that, if anyone um knows of anyone that's like missing or like 
you hear something like you know definitely spread the word try to like um get people kind of like on the lookout on certain people who gone go missing and things like that i recently i've been coming in contact more and more with people who are just in the miami area or like um fort lauderdale area who are just going missing and missing posters are everywhere on social media on like the streets and things like that so keep a lookout you know keep your community safe and keep your community like um in mind when you see something do something about it you know and like do your best to like keep yourself safe but also like the people around you safe yeah and that being said thanks for tuning in bye guys bye, bye. Thanks for watching our ninth episode. We appreciate the love and support everyone has given us so far. And if you have any questions for us, check out our website at www.themanukings.com. We also don't want you to forget our call to actions for the episode, which are understanding your political standing on a local and national level, creating a political footprint wherever you're at, financially backing organizations that help the disenfranchised, voting in national, statewide, and local elections, and also giving some love to Greg on his podcast, Gavin with Greg. Now here are the answers to the trivia held in intermission. Who is Russia's president currently in 2022? Vladimir Putin. Who is the first black woman vice president? Kamala Harris. Everyone knows the first president of the United States is George Washington, but do they know the years he was president for? That would be 1789 to 1797. I hope you guys enjoyed our quiz for politics. To wrap up, I want to encourage you to join us as a guest for season two if you want to participate in our discussions of various topics. We would love to have your perspective and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay engaged with us daily. And with all that being said, be a leader, educate yourself, and create space in your communities. Bye, guys.